Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We also want to invite you to attend one of our upcoming events. Our mother-daughter retreat on July 19th and 20th, our mother-son retreat on August 2nd and 3rd, and our summer college night on August 5th at 7 p.m. For more information about these events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Okay, the title for this session is The Proposal. And how many of you have ever uh, had a daughter that's participated in Chosen? Okay, how many of you, anybody has come to a retreat that we've done on the feasts, the Jewish feasts? Okay, something that is the most profound thing I have ever studied ever in my life is uh, are the feasts of the Lord, the Jewish feasts, or Jewish tradition. And I think that it is so important for believers to have an understanding of Jewish faith and Jewish tradition because Jesus was a Jewish and he was raised in Jewish tradition. And you will be amazed when you start to spend some time studying those things, all the things, the stories that you've read all of your life and how they relate to these feasts. And the feasts all represent and symbolize Jesus. And so I would say, if you ever get the chance to learn more about Jewish traditions, the feasts, or anything, you need to take the opportunity to do that because it will change your perspective on the word and the stories and the parables and the things that you've read that Jesus said and did. Um, And I want to talk to you today about a Jewish wedding or a Jewish proposal. And then we're going to talk about how Jesus fulfills that um, in our life, okay? Uh, This is absolutely beautiful, and I hope that I can do this a little bit of justice. Um, Traditionally, in a Jewish proposal or wedding, um, the groom would decide, yes, this is, I'm going to go with this, this is going to be my bride, and I'm going to begin the process of taking her as my bride. And the first thing that he and his father do is they go to the the bride-to-be's family and they sit down and have a conversation. And they agree on a marriage covenant or contract. And part of that agreement has to do with the bride price. So the groom and the Father of the bride will discuss and agree upon what it will cost this groom to take this bride. And once that has been agreed on, the young man has signed the marriage covenant, the contract. He has agreed on a bride price. Then he is free to propose to the young lady. And the way that we typically do it here is the groom will get down on his knee and he'll offer a ring. But what a groom in the Jewish tradition will do is he will offer her a cup. So he will come to the bride with a cup of wine and offer that to her. And what the young woman knows is that if he offers a cup and you receive it, 
then you are accepting his proposal, okay? So the cup is very significant in the Jewish proposal. At that point, then the young soon-to-be groom has gifts for the bride. And these gifts that he's going to give the bride communicate value, how valuable he sees her, um, and it is things so that she will remember him because he is going to go away and prepare a place for her. So he will give gifts to his soon-to-be bride. Then they take place in what's called a mikvah. Say that, mikvah. And that is a cleansing bath. So the cup is offered, the cup is received, gifts are given from the groom to the bride, and then they have a cleansing bath called the mikvah, and it is clothed, obviously. Um, and then the groom will leave to go prepare a place for his bride. Um, the bride is in waiting at this point. So the groom is preparing the place. The bride is preparing herself. So she is to be pure and she is to be ready. So this is the parable of the, the ten virgins and some had oil and some didn't. These, the bride is preparing herself in purity. She's getting oil ready in her lamps and she is getting ready for her groom to come and receive her. So the groom is off. He's preparing this place and usually it would be in his father's home but it would almost certainly be at least on the father's property. But most often it would be an additional room or area added on to his father's home. And so the groom is diligent and he's preparing this place. It is the groom's dad who decides when it's complete and when it's time to receive the bride. So the groom's dad is watching, the young man is building, likely his dad is helping him. And at whatever time that dad decides that his son has done a good enough job, then he will say to his son, okay, it's time you can go and receive your bride. Well, most often this would happen at night because that adds to the thrill in the romance. And so what would happen is there was a person called the friend of the bridegroom. That's where we get our tradition of a best man. Uh, the friend of the bridegroom would run ahead of the groom down the streets and he would say, the bridegroom is coming, the bridegroom is coming. And then the groom would come down the street. The bride has to be ready and prepared because she's going to grab all of her things and run out in the street to meet her groom. At which time, the bride and the groom go into the wedding chamber, and they stay there for seven days. They are alone together, building intimacy for seven days. At the end of seven days, they come out of the wedding chamber, and that is when we have the marriage celebration or the marriage supper. That's when all of the guests would be invited to attend this celebration. 
So let's think about how Jesus fulfills the proposal in our lives, okay? So Jesus came to our home here on earth. And he agreed to the marriage covenant. And he agreed on a bride price. And he said, I will pay everything that I have, everything that I am, with my own life to purchase my bride. And once that agreement was made, then he was able to offer the cup. So when you are receiving the Lord's Supper, you'll remember um, the, the Passover meal that we call the Last Supper, right? They, Jesus was with the disciples, and a part of the Passover meal is four glasses of wine. And the last one, Jesus said, I offer you this glass, and I'll not drink it again until the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Until one day with you in heaven. So when you take communion or the Lord's Supper and you're receiving a cup, you need to know that a, that is a proposal to you. Will you be my bride? And when you receive it, you are accepting his proposal as the bride of Christ. So it is sealed with a cup. Then Jesus paid the bride price, right? He paid with his life and he uh, gave up his life willingly. No one took it from him. Um, and then the word says that he went to prepare a place for us, right? And so he leaves us with our gifts. He left gifts for the bride. Do you remember what those were? When he was getting ready to go and ascend, he said, I leave you two things, peace and the Holy Spirit. I leave you my peace and I leave you my Holy Spirit. And those two things are to help us know our value and to remember him while he's gone. And if you think about all of the things that the word says the Holy Spirit does in our lives, he's our comforter, he's our teacher, he's our guide. He is reminding us over and over and over of who the bridegroom is, that he is coming, right? Peace, comfort, all of those things, the Lord says, I'm going to give you that because I want you to know how valuable I think you are. And I don't want you to forget me because I'm not gone. I'm just preparing a place for you in my father's house. And what does the word say about when Jesus returns and when the church, the bride, will be raptured? What does the word say about that and, and about Jesus' dad? Do you remember the scripture where Jesus said, No one knows the day or the hour but my Father, right? So 
another fulfillment of a Jewish wedding. It is God the Father who will say to Jesus, his son, I think it's time to go take your bride. Even Jesus doesn't know, right? When he's going to come and rapture the church, rapture the bride of Christ. At which time we will go into the marriage chamber with him for seven years, seven days, right? Or the seven years of tribulation. While that is happening here, we will be in our seven days building intimacy with the groom, getting to know one another, right? And at the end of those seven days, we will come out and that will be the wedding celebration. And all of those people who were saved during the tribulation then will come and celebrate with us in the marriage supper of the Lamb at the end of the tribulation or that seven days in the wedding chamber. So do you see how those two things mirror each other? It is amazing to me to think about all of this. I mean, can you even fathom all of this that you study, even when you learn something and you think that is the deepest, most unbelievable. Have you ever had an experience where you are reading something in the Word and it almost feels like I don't want to move, I don't want to blink, I don't want to breathe very fast because it is almost like the floor of heaven opens up and you see something that is so profound you can almost not put words to it. And if you move too quickly, it may close. That is the level of intimacy that the Lord wants to have with you. And he spells it out every way that he knows how. And he speaks value to you and over you every way that he knows how. And there is no way that we can comprehend the hugeness of his love and adoration of you. And the best way that he can communicate that to us is helping us understand in our marital relationships. That is your most intimate relationship here on earth. And that is how he compares his desire to be connected to you. I want to read you Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, Smitten by, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think that it's important that we understand the price that he was willing to pay for us. And it says in this passage that he bore all of our griefs and our sorrows. 
So just like he knows your favorite color or he knows that the meaning of that street name would be valuable to you or he knows that you love waterfalls, he knows those things that break your heart. He knows the things that cause you grief. He knows the things that keep you up at night. He knows the things that you've not told anyone else. And he bore them for you. It was part of your bride price. Transgressions are defined as a broken rule or a law to break an offense. So all of those times that you didn't keep the rules or you broke a law or you committed an offense, he knew all of that. And because he loves you so much and because his um, role as our covering, as our bridegroom, is to cover us. It was part of the bride price. All the rules that you broke. All the rules that you will break. And then it says iniquities. And iniquities are defined as grossly immoral or grossly unfair. Those things that you have done that are just gross. They're grossly wrong. He saw all of those. He knew they were coming and he included them in the bride price. Chastisement means to be rebuked or severely reprimanded. He knew that you deserved that and instead he included it in the bride price and he paid that for you. And then it says by his stripes you are healed. That means mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. He knew that there would be brokenness in your heart and in your mind and in your body. And because he knew that you cannot heal yourself, he included it in the bride price. And he said, with my body and as payment for this beautiful bride, I will include all of that in the price that I'm going to pay. And so in a moment, you're going to go upstairs, and one of the stations is an opportunity for you to take communion. And this has become, from my experience of studying the wedding and what Jesus did for you when he purchased you, what he did for me when he purchased me, I take communion almost every day. And it is a different thing to me than it used to be when I was a little girl and I would wait for my chance to take the bread and the cup when it came down the aisle because now when I take this bread, the Lord said, do this and remember, right? And so I say things through my house with my bread almost every day and I say things like, thank you, God, that you cover me when I am grossly immoral. Thank you that you cover me, Lord, when I break the rules. Thank you that you say I'm healed in my mind, in my heart, and in my body. Thank you that you were rebuked mercilessly, Lord, when I should have been. I want to receive and appropriate everything that you purchased for me with that price that you paid. I don't want to leave any part of it on the table. I receive 
and appreciate the bride price that you paid for me. Now help me live like it. Help me live like someone was willing to pay that kind of a price for me. And then when you take the cup, this cup speaks value of you. When the Lord offers you this cup and says, will you be my bride? You have to remember that you just took bread that said he knew, he knows that sometimes I am grossly immoral. He knows that a whole lot of times I break the rules. He knows that I need healing in every aspect of my life. And knowing all of that, he not only paid a price, but he says to me, you are valuable and you're lovely and you're beautiful. And I don't see anything but purity when I look at you. And I want you to be my bride. And when you take this cup, you are saying, I will live like a valued pure, spotless bride. And I will do it because of what you have done for me. That's what communion means to us. I want to read you something that I wrote thinking about you and thinking about this time. And it actually goes along with this song that we're going to play. So... I want you to just, as this song plays, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to listen because I do believe that the Lord is going to speak some very precious things over you and to you about you and about his feelings towards you. Um, and I want you to just stay in this place while this song plays. Just close your eyes and listen. Recently, driving into work, I was listening to this song, and some of the words struck me in a new way. Forever could never be long enough for me to feel like I've had it long enough with you. Forget the world now, but there's one thing left to do. Now that the weight is lifted, love has surely shifted my way. Marry me. The wait is finally over and love has finally shown her my way. Marry me today and every day. You wear white and I'll wear out the words I love you and you're beautiful. Everyone who has planned a wedding, either for yourself or for someone you love, knows the excitement and anticipation that leads up to that day. It can seem like a lifetime or just a blink all at the same time. And there are so many plans to be made. Well, in the Jewish culture, it's customary after the engagement for the bridegroom to go and prepare a place for his bride. It is the father of the bridegroom who, upon inspection of the new home, gives his son the go-ahead to marry. Well, today, I imagine the bridegroom preparing a place for his bride. Having already offered us the cup, busy at work with a smile on his incredible face 
and anticipation in his heart. He's preparing a home for his pure bride. I imagine the bridegroom who has been waiting on his father to utter the words of celebration for all of this time. Can you see the delight in his eyes when his dad calls across a golden field swaying in the breeze? Hey, son, go and take your bride. And he'd be speaking of his church. He'd be speaking about us, about you. I don't know if you can envision it, but I can see him start to run for joy to embrace his dad. And I can see you, beautiful, pure, lovely, and full of joy. He's coming for you, and what a celebration it will be. The wedding ceremony of all eternity. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.